Hello everyone, it's lovely to be here again with you today. I trust that you and your family are doing very well and you're keeping safe. Today I'm continuing our series on Fear Not and I'll be talking to you from Psalm 91. And Psalm 91 is one of my favorite psalms. It's a psalm that I often refer to. It's a psalm that I think is the most quoted in my household. It's a psalm that if you were to ask my children that what psalm that they grew up on, they'd most likely say Psalm 91. Um, hardly does a week pass by or two days pass by that there's not a reference to Psalm 91 in my house. So you can, ex you can just imagine my delight when um, I sort of found that I would have the opportunity to share Psalm 91 with you. And just to give you a sense of, of how important this psalm is to me, I just brought this little picture, which is something that hangs in our house on the hallway. So it just sort of gives you an idea of Psalm 91 and, and how, you know, much of a sort of central place it has in our household. And you'll understand that as I start to explain about Psalm 91 and, and the meaning of Psalm 91 um, to us. Now, as you look at the Psalm, um, most people will say that the author of Psalm 91 is not really known. It, it's either Moses or it's David um, because Moses wrote Psalm 90. So, and if you look at some of the things in there, when he talks about some of the things that we shouldn't be afraid of, they, they sort of are relevant to some of the journeys of the Israelites. Uh, but some people also say it was written by David because of the way it is written and some of the words in there. So it, it's interesting as we go through it to just experience that um, as we're reading the psalm. So I'm going to read, read the psalm to you now, and then I'm going to break it down to help us to just understand exactly what God is trying to say to us in this psalm. Most people talk about Psalm 91 as a protective psalm, as a psalm of safety, as a psalm that helps us to trust God when, when things don't look really right. And I think it's a psalm that's very relevant for us with what is going on in the world around us at this time. And if you were to look online, and I did do this search before coming, you know, there's almost every church that you can think of across the world that's talking about Psalm 91. And I think the reason they're doing that is because there's one word in Psalm 91 called a perilous pestilence that sort of resonates with what we're going through at this particular point in time. And I had to find out what a perilous pestilence means. So something that is perilous is obviously something that is extremely dangerous and something that is risky. But a pestilence is an infectious disease, an illness that comes and that spreads very quickly and that causes a lot of harm. So when you think about COVID-19, coronavirus, and everything that is going on around us now, it sort of fits that description of a perilous pestilence. And that is why Psalm 91 is also critical for us at this particular point in time to see what is God saying to us? How is God talking to us about what is going on around us? What, what is God's perspective? What is God doing about it? Um, what does God want me to do about it? And I hope that as we work through that, it will, it will provide some reassurance to you, but also it will cause faith to rise up on the inside of you around this psalm. So Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. 
Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence, as thou wert, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays wait at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I hear you all say, Amen. Now, Psalm 91 talks about the safety of abiding in the presence of God. It talks about what God will do for us because we abide in his presence. And one of the verses that we're going to really focus on is on verse 5 and verse 6, which says, You shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. I like the affirmative, positive way. It says, you shall not be afraid. And I think the psalmist recognizes that things will come that will try to create fear on the inside of us. But he's saying that you and I shall not be afraid. He says, you shall not be afraid of four things. Of the terror by night, of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that walks in darkness, or the destruction that lays wait at noonday. All of these things are things that are sort of outside your control that come in to put pressure, to try to destroy, to try to kill, to try to create havoc in our lives. And what the psalmist is saying to us by the Spirit of God is that you and I should not be afraid. Now, as you look at Psalm 91, those two verses are where we're being told to not be afraid. There's 16 verses in total. The other verses are telling us why we should not be afraid. So verse 5 and verse 6 is saying what we should not be afraid of, and we'll look at it again. But the other 14 verses are telling us why we should not be afraid of those things. So God is trying in every way to reassure us that you and I do not need to be afraid. I saw one breakdown of Psalm 91, which I really liked, and I'll just share with it with you very quickly. And it talks about how the first two verses talk about the protection, the comfort, and the care of the Lord. Then verse 3 and 4 talks about how God brings his protection, comfort, and care to us. Verse 5 and 6, which is where we've just read, talks about the result of God's protection, care, and comfort. Verse 7 to 8 talks about the assurance for the believer 
that God will protect, God will care for us, and God will comfort us through anything we go through. Verse 9 to 13 talks about that assurance again from a different perspective so that if we didn't get it the first time, then this time we will get it. And then verse 14 to 16 talks about God's promises to each and every one of us about how he personally will come and he will deliver us. So as we look at this sermon in a bit, bit more detail, three things jump out at me. The first thing is that God will protect us. The second thing is that God will cover us. And the third thing is that God will defend us. God will protect us. God will cover us. God will defend or God will deliver us as the three things that stand out that God will do for us in a time when there's a perilous pestilence, in a time when we're surrounded by destruction, in a time where there's terror and confusion and chaos all around us, in a time when at nighttime there could be different fears that want to come and captivate our minds. The Bible says through this psalm that God will deliver, God will defend, God will cover, and God will protect us. So as we look at verses five and six. Now we need to look above it and we need to look at the verses below it. So the first verse above, if we go back to the beginning in Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Now you and I as believers, we dwell in the secret place of the most high. You see the secret place of the most high is a place that is precious to God. What do you do with a secret place? A secret place is where you hide the things that are most precious to you. It's a place where you alone know, where you know nobody else can access it. And because we are precious to God, the psalmist is saying that we are hidden in the secret place of the Most High. And that secret place for us today is Christ Jesus. The Bible will say to us in the book of Colossians, Paul said to us about this mystery that was to be revealed to the church in Colossians 1, 26 to 27. It talks about the mystery and it tells us that that mystery is Christ in us. And that word mystery is the word secret, is the word hidden truth. And it says that mystery is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So God's secret place, the best place that God could hide his people is in Christ. The safest place that God could hide you and I is in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says that he who dwells in that secret place, and if you are born again, if you're a Christian, if you have accepted the Lord into your life, then you are in Christ Jesus. For the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. So you are in Christ Jesus because you are a Christian and because you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. So you already dwell in the secret place. Isn't that good news? That is hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am in your secret place. It's not about what I do or don't do. It's what Christ has done for me. So I dwell in your secret place right now. And that's why Paul will say things like, in him we live and move and have our beings in Acts 17, 28. Or you'll say our life, I love this in Colossians 3, 3. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. God has hidden us. <laughs> 
with Christ in him. So that just tells you how secure you are in him. Because for anything to get to you, it has to get to God first. Then it has to get to Christ before it actually comes to you. So you and I are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, the Bible says we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The shadow of the Almighty is not like any shadow. I mean, it talks about being close enough to God that his shadow covers us. So his shadow is sort of a force field around of of his presence and of his power. So because we dwell in Christ Jesus, his shadow, his power and his presence covers us all the time. That word abide means a permanent abode. It's permanently over us wherever we go and that is the assurance that we have of the safety that we have in Christ Jesus then he goes on to say that I will say and here you see a change of voice so the psalmist starts by talking about those who dwell in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty then he sort of changes the tone he says I now will say, so instead of making it more personal, and I think for all of us, what we say matters. So now that you know where you dwell, now that you know that his shadow covers you, what are you saying about the Lord? Because the psalmist is sort of jumping up in there and saying, ah, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him, I will trust. That is very personal. And I want to encourage you in this season to say that he is my God. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. In him, I will trust. Actually, when you look at the message version, the message says, you who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. Say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I am save and the amplified that i like of verse one says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the almighty get this whose power (laughs) no foe can withstand whose power no enemy can withstand whose power no circumstance can withstand because we dwell in his secret place. Our life is hid with God in Christ. Then he goes on to say, for then or surely he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler. The snare of the fowler talks about all the hidden traps of the devil. It says, surely, without a doubt, certainly he, God, will deliver us from the snare of the fowler, all the traps of the devil, and from the perilous pestilence. He will deliver us surely from every illness, every disease that is spreading around because our dwelling place is in him. His shadow is over us. So this is a comfort. This is a hallelujah moment that says, surely, thank you, Jesus. Surely, because I am in you today, you deliver me from every perilous pestilence. Some versions will say deadly pestilence. And then he goes on to say that because of this, he says he will also cover us with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. 
So the feathers, God covers us. He covers us. He protects us under his wings. The scripture says we take refuge. It says his truth, which is his word, shall be our shield and our buckler. His word shall be our shield. What does a shield do? A shield protects us. A buckler is, is, is sort of a, a, a cloth of covering around us for our protection. So it's like a double armor that he's talking about there. He says that it's true, the word of God that we speak, the word of God that we believe, the word of God that we declare is our shield and our buckler. And now that is why he then gets to verse five and says, you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid because of what you know. You shall not be afraid because of where you dwell. You shall not be afraid because of his shadow over you. You shall not be afraid because of what you're saying. You shall not be afraid because he said he will surely deliver. You shall not be afraid because he said he will cover you. You shall not be afraid because his word, you know, is your shield, is your double armor, is your shield and your buckler. Therefore, you shall not be afraid. And I like it because God is not just telling us not to be afraid. He's telling us why we should not be afraid. We shall not be afraid of the terror. We shall not be afraid of the arrow. We shall not be afraid of the pestilence. We shall not be afraid of the destruction. Then in verse 7 to 8, it goes further to assure us of why we should not be afraid. He said, thousand may fall at your side. 10,000 at your right hand. And we know today that that is exactly what is going on. And we pray for everyone. We pray for mercy. We pray for God's comfort. We pray for God's healing anointing across this earth. But he's saying a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. But God is promising us that it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And it explains why that is the case. It says, because you have made the Lord, because you are saying personally that the Lord is my refuge. You are saying that the Lord is my dwelling place. The most high God is my dwelling place. And as you read this, um, actually, if you go further back in, in the earlier verses, there are four names of the Lord used here. He's called the Most High God, both in this verse 9, and we see it also in verse 1. That is El Elyon. He's called the Almighty, the All-Powerful God. That's El Shaddai. He's called the Lord Yahweh in verse 2, and he's called my God Elohim. So it's like all of God is coming to bear on you and I in this hour when we need his protection, in this hour when we need his safety, in this hour when we need his care, and he's saying that I will look after you because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high, your habitation. He goes on to say, no evil shall befall you, no plague of any kind shall come near your household. So he's also talking about your entire house. God is concerned about you and is concerned about your house. He's concerned about you and is concerned about your family. Because you see, when God made covenant, he always makes it not just with the person, but with their entire household. So God is concerned. He says, no plague will come near your dwelling. And he explains why again. He said, because he will give his angels charge over you 
God has given his angels command, one version says, over you. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, that the angels of God have been sent to minister to us as heirs of salvation. So he has given them command over us to keep us. The Amplified says to preserve us, to guard us, to defend us in all of our ways. The angels of God keep us. Every time you step out, the angels are watching over you. Every time you come in, the angels are watching over you. Right here where I am, the angels are right here watching over me. They're my defense. They have a defensive shield around me and they have exactly the same thing around you because God has commanded them to, to hold you in their hands so that you do not dash your foot. You do not stumble against the stone. And in verse 13, it says, you will tread. You will trample on the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. This is Jesus turning everything on his head. So rather than these things coming to you, now you are taking authority over them and you are trampling over them. That's why the Bible says in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, I give you the authority to trample, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over every power of the devil and nothing shall by any means harm you. He says in, in the book of 1 Peter 5, that the devil goes about like a roar lion seeking whom he may devour but we resist him steadfast in the faith so the tables get turned because of the authority and because God is on our side and I think if that was not enough as you look at the last three verses in Psalm 91 there's a change in tone so it's no longer the psalmist that is talking to us here it's no longer the Holy Spirit talking through the psalmist to us here here it is God himself directly wanting to reassure you and I. So if we didn't get it before, you know, it's almost uh, like coming at us at three points. The first point is, is up to verse, verse eight, where he talks about, you know, it shall not come near you. The second phrase is, is reemphasizing, saying, okay, and my angels are there so that you know that it will definitely not harm you because they are holding you in their hands. And then this third time is almost like, now I am telling you myself as God. So you see a change in tone where it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. So this is God directly saying, God the Father saying, because you have set your love upon him, therefore he will deliver you. He says, I, this is God is the I there. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I, some version says, length of this will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So what is the word saying to us in Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is saying to us that God is with us today to protect us, to deliver us, to make sure that no evil touches us, to save us from every perilous pestilence, so that you and your household will know that because you're under his protection and care, because you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, because the shadow of his presence and his power covers you. Even in this period of COVID-19, God will protect you. The tones here are very affirmative. 
He's saying he will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will, he will. He says it so many times. I will deliver. I will. I will. So I just want you to have some comfort and hope today from Psalm 91. Fear not. He said, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid because it will not come near you. And so as we wrap up today, I just want to summarize by saying that God's word tells us that God will deliver us. God's word tells us that God will cover us. God's word tells us that God will protect us. And if you don't know Jesus today and you're listening to this, everything we have said in Psalm 91 starts in verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. And you have the opportunity to dwell in that secret place today. You have the opportunity to say, you know what? I want this protection. I want this security. I want this safety. I want to abide under his shadow. I want his angels with me 24-7. I want to know that even though people may be falling at my side, it will not come near me. If that is you today, I want to encourage you today to make a decision for Jesus. I want to encourage you to come and abide in the secret place of the Most High by accepting Jesus Christ into your life, by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If anything we know from what is happening around us today is that there is no security in anything else other than in the secret place of the Most High. There is no safety in anything else other than in the secret place of the Most High. There is no assurance of hope of a future other than in the secret place of the Most High. So I would ask you to join me in praying, if that it is you, asking Jesus to come into your heart today. Father, I just pray for everyone making a decision for you today. Lord, I thank you because it's such a joy to be in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, as we hear your word today, it, it is giving us hope. It's causing faith to rise up on the inside of us. And for everyone that wants to make a decision for you today, Lord, I thank you for their lives. And I pray, Lord, that as they come in and as they declare Jesus as Lord over their life, as they accept Jesus into their heart, professing with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, I thank you that they join the millions of saints who already dwell in your secret place. And Lord, we pray for your protection over our nations and over our cities. And we thank you that you are God. We thank you for those three things that you have said to us today, that you will deliver us and our household. You will cover us and our household and you will definitely protect us and our household. In Jesus' name, amen.